It's a podcast about pro wrestling movies and pro wrestling movies. Hosted by Lumberjake, Mike Payfi, and JC. We constantly bicker, but we are best friends. From No Holds Bar to the Naked Man, the fun never ends. Be sure to stick around for our mascot, Mr. Peacock, and a great wrestling show that truly rocks. Duck, dip, dodge. dodge. Dive, duck, dip, dive, Dive and dodge. No, there's one more, and then there's dodge dodge, twice. There's dodge, dip, duck, dive, and And dodge. dodge. Right. Good job. Good job. Good job, guys. Hey, I'm Mike Pava. I'm Lumberjake. And I'm JC. And this is Three Way Theater. That's right. We review pro wrestling movies and pro wrestling movies and TV shows. That's right. That's right. We sometimes delve into TV shows because there's so much wrestling related content out there. Yeah, sometimes people call me Delvey. No one calls you that. Yeah, they call me Delvey. They call me the Rascal King. You call yourself that. No one has ever called you that. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I walk into the room, people are going, "Do it again." I specifically saw you go around the room and say, "Hey, is that the Rascal King? Oh, no, the Rascal King over there." No, a lot of people you... were whispering stuff. Yeah, that was you. Oh, well, you know, you can't you can't be for sure who was whispering what. Well. uh... <laughs> We're going back to the boob tube today, guys. Yeah, for oh, episode Hong Kong. twenty-nine of Three Way Theater. That's right. Uh, the 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 one before thirty. Yep. The one before the big That's three the zero. Yep. The one where Rachel finds out. I have, oh. I have a question. So between thirty and episode forty, are we always going to say that we're in our early thirty episodes? <laughs> Um, Much that's like what I'm about age. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. That's what I we're mean, going to do. I consider myself in my early 30s, and I'm 28. <laughs> Are you really 28? Yeah. Oof. He's I, not that young as we used to know. Nope. Nope. <laughs> now you're just somebody that I used to know. Somebody. Oh, a little musical interlude that's to kick right. things off. We're kind of known for that. We actually are known you for know, that. For uh, the better or worse. Probably for the worst. Yeah. Most yeah. definitely Most, for the yeah, worst. Singing quality, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the songs we sing are pretty good. Like sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, so we've we've got a lot on our plate. We've got a lot coming up, a lot of good things, great things. And I know that on our last episode, Muggsy's Girls, I had wanted to review Walk Like a Panther, the uh, UK film that was um Released in the UK and uh, has not yet been released in America. Dope. So, so uh, once again, we've said something and uh, not followed through with it. Well, that's also part of the three-way theater tradition. Uh, it's not really charming. Yeah, it is. The people are like all oh, those little scamps. Yeah, they're yeah. like, do it again. up. You're such a rascal king. <laughs> see? Yeah, no, see? No, no, see? Oh, um, so we're gonna we're gonna put a pause on Walk Like a Panther. Pause like. Like Russell Madness. Well, like a panther. Oh, paw, yeah. panther paw. We're, we're gonna put a claws on. <laughs> yeah, all right. The Santa claws. Yes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's gonna be coming soon. But today, like as alluded to, we're gonna be heading back to the boob tube. That's right. And um, really, uh, we're gonna some deep cuts. Deep cuts into one of our three-way theater all-stars. It's well. This is also a very 
Terry Funk heavy episode. This yeah. is a uh, three-way theater episode twenty-nine. Go funk yourself. Oh, right. this yes. is like uh, it's a funk you, uh-huh. funk you, yeah. It's Funky it. butt loving. Now, uh, obviously, this is not Terry Funk's first appearance. Well, on that's why he's an all star, right? Yeah. He, I think, he's jumping on up. That we have to. Yeah, somebody's gonna keep track of this yeah, stuff. It's for supposed us. to be you, me. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're our Dana Brooke. You're I'm, our the stats, I'm the stats guy. Yes. Yeah, you're a stats guy. You're a historian. Yeah. Is that why they call me stats? Yeah, yeah. that's why I've been calling you stats Man. for so long. You know, I just, you know, I, I fly f- under the radar, JC. I just thought it was a cool nickname. Like the Rascal King and stats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Catch this old gang. We're just <laughs> hanging out. Doing our thing. Oh man! So we, when we decided we were going to do a TV episode, you know, we wanted to do one um, hour long, and then we needed something kind of just to round it out. And Jake, you had a, a great suggestion that, uh, as a little bit of a, a preview before our big episode, that we would do um, a Terry Funk episode. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. What, what was it? What was episode? the special? Uh, Preview. That oh, we did the little, uh, the little uh-huh. sub show that we did. Yep. We did uh, Beyond Belief <laughs> there we go. or Fiction. <laughs> All right. I was trying to lead you on there. Took yeah. a little bit longer to get there, nope, but nope, I was um, never gonna get there. So, the, can you tell us a little about Beyond Belief Factor Fiction? I love <laughs> Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. Are you gonna give us like a history, like in so Mama's family? Beyond the Belief. Beyond Belief uh, started hosted by James Brolin and later replaced by Jonathan Frakes. Which one did you prefer? Oh, Jonathan Frakes. All Frakes all the way. All the way. Um, I, I remember watching. Like I never watched religiously, but whenever it was on, I'm like Jonathan Frakes, fucking do his thing. So like the show's called Fact or Fiction Beyond Belief. Now Beyond yeah, Belief, Fact or Fiction. Fiction. I'm sorry, apologize. <laughs> Jeez, um, I get a so, lot of comments about that one. But from like, did, so like you have to decide if they don't tell you whether it's fact well, here's, or fiction. Here's the premise: they give you, I think it's like you know five or six stories, mm-hmm. and then it's up. It's right there. It's left ambiguous on whether they are true or false. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the show, they tell you. Oh, they do the big reveal. They the do end. the big reveal. And you, you are can, not the father. And you can keep score at home on what you said. All right. And then it tells you whether you got it right or wrong. So I guess I have to ask this. I mean, not to spoil anything, but do you have the answer at the end of whether it was fact or fiction? Sure do. Okay. All right. Cool. Fantastic. All right. So um, there's this wrestling segment of Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction. Now, um, do you remember watching this in its original run, Lumberjake, or is it something you yeah. found later on that no, you just... I, uh, I watched Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction. I watched it with my dad and my sister, and we all kept score. Really? Okay. Interesting. It was a little thing we did. And, so this uh, was just in syndication, right? It just aired like... No, it was on Fox, primetime. Was it? Yeah. Damn. I. All right. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was I forget which day and night it was on, but whatever. Uh, this episode I remember specifically. It was a Friday the Thirteenth themed episode where every story was from Friday the was 13th. a Friday the Thirteenth story. Did Jason Voorhees show up? Yes. What really? No. Oh, <laughs> this uh, the show aired from May nineteen ninety seven. Okay. Until September two thousand and two. What? And as Jake says, it was on Fox. Yep. Um, I didn't believe it. It has very high ratings from... Give us the ratings. Uh, from Google, from TV.com, and IMDb. Oh, that's not uh, telling us the ratings are, though. I, 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 we'll get to that. All right. uh, 8 out of 10 IMDb. Yep. 
8.8 out of 10 TV.com. Yep. Oh, I thought you were going to give us like the ratings 90, of like what it was on the air. Like if we got 15 million people no. watching Fact I'm or Fiction. Just, uh, I'm saying it's, highly, it's highly rated Critically by, acclaimed. Yes. Critically acclaimed. 96% of people like this TV show, according to Google. Yes. Yeah, but Jake did all those votes. That's true. I am a Google king. That's why they call me the Google king. <laughs> Google again. I can't believe the show was on that long. Yeah, it was. So it was like show. so. This segment was about like seven minutes long. Were they half hour or hour long episodes? Hour long shows. Wow, so you could stuff a lot of fact or fiction yeah, in there because yeah. you, you got you got little little pieces, little stories you can throw in there. They really were only about seven eight minutes. Interesting. Very good show. I love that. show. So the story set the stage. Yeah. I remember when I first saw this, I was losing my fucking. Sh- I was losing my fucking mind because first of all, the name of the Segment is called the wrestler, right? And which we're familiar with, making its third appearance. <laughs> um, so but chronologically, you'd be the second wrestler. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Mickey Rourke with a with a try quill, try try try. Tell him try. So uh, we cut to Terry Funk. We open with Terry Funk uh, sitting in his locker room. He's old. He's beat up. Well, he, but he's not Terry Funk. No, he's uh, just Dirk. Dirk Simmons. Dirk. Oh, you got a last name. All I th- right. I think I might have just made that no, up. No, that's fine. We'll go with it. Sounds with that. So Sounds- Dirk Simmons. With his manager, old man manager. Mm-hmm. Yes. Old man. So they call him Mr. Manager. Yep. Who's like, who's like his old man manager, but he's only like three, four years older than him. So or younger like- than him. Oh, that's also true. <laughs> that could be the possibility. Um, but this, we're, basically, they're, they're reminiscing because this is supposed to be Dirk's last match. You see, Dirk was never a uh, top guy. In fact, top guy. he was quite often the bottom guy. He lost a lot. He uh, he was always a loser in the wrestling business. Right, and they made a point about several times in the in the eight minutes that we watched this that he was, you know, you you started a loser and you're gonna end a loser. You know, yes. things were looking up for him. He's got a, a part time gig coming up at the power plant. Yeah, yeah, his his friends giving him the hookup. There. Right. Yeah. Part time work. That felt very real life wrestling. Very. <laughs> yeah. Like my brother's gonna hook me up. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think beyond belief, the writers really got it. <laughs> yes. Until I, I thought that until the. Uh, the giant Egyptian guy walked in with his comical manager <laughs> wearing a giant wig and white suit. Well, yeah, so I thought that that was the promoter. No, no he was the manager of the Pharaoh guy. The Pharaoh. Oh. Momar. Momar, yeah. Oh, right, of course. Jason Momar. <laughs> right. The Pharaoh of Fear. So the, uh, the story is that his last Tony match, Punk, Dirk's last match. Dirk's last match, he's... And uh, his manager got... The promoters to agree to let him win. Right, exactly. So his last match, he was going to go over. They changed the script. The fucking Pharaoh and his manager come out, and they're like, Poof. "Guess what? The plans have changed here, Turk. You're a loser. You You're Turk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turk Benedict. Yeah, take Turkey. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Things have uh, things have changed. The Pharaoh's going over. That's it's bullshit, man. This is his last match. This doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. Why would you Why would you have him lose? I mean, be a pro about it, Dirk. Go out on your back. I mean, yeah, you, that's. that's what I mean, he was do. never off of his back anyway. So <laughs> I think whatever. Why would he like if he lost his whole career? Why would he win his last match? Well, I mean, see, I could I could see that fiction. Well, <laughs> all right, hold on. <laughs> sorry, I, I, sorry, I know we were gonna wait to do that, but I fact. Oh, <laughs> um, uh. What I, I didn't realize until they got to the ring for this match, I loved uh, Dirk in the Chainsaw Charlie gear. Yes, he was wearing je- giant jeans. High-waist mom jeans. And suspenders. 
But, you know, overall, Terry Funk wasn't looking terrible. Terry Funk has always looked pretty damn good, even at, like, middle-aged yeah. and crazy. Yeah, like, definitely. Do you think that's what kind of gravitates people in Hollywood to pick Terry Funk for a lot of these movies and TV shows that he's done over the years? I think it's because Terry Funk is the character of wrestling. Like you, he so people is, think wrestler, they think Terry Funk. Just yeah. crazy, wild faces in the promos. And well, I think it also helps with the resume being it's attached with like Sylvester Stallone, um, uh, Patrick Swayze, and Rhoda. Like He's in these high-profile movies and working with actors, and I'm sure you know actors and producers talking to other people into industry they're like you gotta work with Terry if you wanna do something with wrestling like you know I think there's just those kind of connections yeah. mm-hmm. um, just like I think Piper had a really great reputation you right. know with his work yeah, he got a lot of like non-wrestling roles on shows but too. I feel like Piper everybody knows that Piper gets that I feel like Funk kind of flies under the radar with some of these things <laughs> so fu- Funk is kind of like the Paul Giamatti of a uh, wrestling character he's the real character actor yeah just going in there and playing any role what do you want me to be you want me to be a Texan you want me to be a uh, uh, Russian or a Momar uh, uh, yeah. uh, whatever he was supposed to be in, in all of them. you take your time it's fine it's like <laughs> Russian god damn it um, but like, I do think that he's very versatile where you could have him be whatever you need him to be now think of in the movies we've watched with Hulk Hogan, you know, Hulk Hogan's playing Hulk Hogan. Uh, Rip, uh, this, Rip, you know, um, Sean Armstrong. Sean Armstrong. Um, even in uh, Suburban Commando. You know that Chef great last episode that we reviewed? Chef Ramsey. Uh, I was frozen today. You're dead man, Ramsey. Um, but, like, he's always playing Hulk Hogan. Shaka bra. I think Funk, the little things that Funk does, like in Paradise Alley, he's playing a Nazi. Yeah. Like, he's right. just, he's very good at, like, you know, and he's also not afraid to show ass. He's so willing Literally. to be, like, humble and, like, I'll get beat up. I'll run into a wall and hit my head. Yeah. But he's also doing things like uh, ripping a uh, locker off of its hinges and bending over that? his head. We're, we're getting oh. ahead of ourselves there. Oh. It's me, Rip. Oh, oh, Rip. Yeah, Rip. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, Locker. <laughs> Locker Jones. Who did you put it? Shellfishton. Stephen Locker. So uh, we get to the match, and another three-way theater alumni makes his appearance. Yes, uh, referee for this match, Mr. Hi, Gene LaBelle. Gene LaBelle. Judo Gene LaBelle. Mean Gene LaBelle. I also love the the setup for the arena and the stunt mark, the the smart mark in the crowd. Yeah, just cheering on Momar. Cheering on Momar and her. I love the Pharaoh woman. Yes. Yeah. Doing the Egyptian. Doing the Egyptian. <laughs> Walking like an Egyptian, and uh, they're just like they're so generic. Just like go, Momar. Yeah. The conflicting character of Momar coming to the ring with his Pharaoh girls of the Pharaoh and smoking a cigarette. <laughs> what a so badass. <laughs> it makes it so cool. It was at the time. But he didn't even come out with this thing. Someone handed it to him while he was in the ring. That's like, the cool part. Yeah. He's, like, the he's the just sand hanging man. out. He's like, yeah, the, like, the sand. So can I get in that the, snipe? In the desert. Oh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the match. So I love So the narration is from the manager of, of Dirk. That's right. He's reminiscing about this last match, so he's telling it, you know, from the perspective that he's in the future. He already knows the finish. By the way, Terry Funk refused to put over the Pharaoh. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he's so mad about the script being changed. He's like, no, the script isn't changed. Your mother's whore. But, I mean, here's the thing. Momar's beating the fuck out of him in the beginning. Yeah, just kicking the living shit out of him. And then uh, the voiceover guy's like, it was making him look so good. 
Pharaoh didn't know if it was real and neither did I. But he didn't want to dance. <laughs> it's not like dancing with the girlfriend. <laughs> I want Mikey to be like a hard-boiled noir like narrator, just going over things and being like, she walked into the room, and my wife, yeah, and then she mounted me. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted me to Uber them to Providence. <laughs> By room, I mean car. Oh, one star. This guy keeps on narrating during my drive. <laughs> I don't say a goddamn word when I drive. Unless the, if my if my passengers want to talk, I'll talk. So but you wait for them to make yes, first contact. Because a lot of people want to be don't want to have the con. They just like I want to get to where I'm going. I don't want to talk to to you. Uh, so word for the wise, get like uh like one of those old bike horns and go. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> so oops, see you later. <laughs> I had to take that. an Uber from the mechanic last week, uh-huh. and my Uber driver immediately started talking about Jesus. Oh, oh my! Really? So he's he he's a former a school teacher that worked for a Catholic school, recently retired, and is now Ubering on the side just as a part-time gig, mm-hmm. so that him and his wife. He made sure to mention his wife like thirteen of course, times because you know, yeah. Uh, but he <laughs> to you. save for the house that they're building in Guatemala. Oh, all right. And then they'll be, but and I was fine with that. And then he kept on getting very political and religious. Like, but I'm like, this is why I took an left Uber, not right a taxi. Wing. Left wing or right wing? I would say he's left. I mean, he's going to Guatemala to like help the poor children. He's very, I think, liberal. Uh, but also, like, it was one of those things where, like, this is why I took an Uber, not a taxi. Like, I'm not asking for right. your personal life. Like, that's great, good for you. But like, people don't want to hear your fucking shit. Like, if I have somebody who wants to, you can tell right away if, if somebody's going to want to talk or not. I say hello. I'd say, oh, make sure where we're going. Oh, you're going here? Great, fantastic. And then I don't say anything unless they do. Nice and quiet. I got some nice music playing. All right. You know. Have our podcast playing. (laughs) Yup. <laughs> that's what you should totally start doing. I'm sorry, I just had this. I was listening oh, to this. See over here, this three way theater. Yeah, it's a great show. Cool. Yeah, I got Mike Privy. He's the tops. You <laughs> should like talk to him and be like, "Listen, I I just want to let you know I don't plan on talking to you at all for this ride, so don't even worry about it." Yeah. And then you put on a recording of you talking to him. <laughs> it's like, "Hello, I'm Mike Pava. I want to tell you a little bit or about myself." If you started doing your hard boiled narration, I took the on ramp. There's a lot of traffic. I look to my GPS and find an alternate route. That would save us three minutes. I picked them up. They didn't seem to realize that I had killed the original driver. I picked them up, and then I realized they picked me up. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying, think about it. So Terry Funk and Pharaoh are wrestling. Well, so the match is going on, and then the Funker starts fighting back. Yeah, he starts firing up. Uh, Well, they make a point that, you know, these things are supposed to be scripted and choreographed, but... That Marmar was really taking it on. He was really giving it to What, did you, what was his Ma- name again? Ma- Ma- Manamar? <coughs> Manimal? Man, man. Third one? Manamar? Momar. Momar Sabathi. I could have literally listened to him try to remember what it was all day. It was Jake and I both look at each other and we like, for Marmar. I'm just hoping that we're going to move past it. That's like calling somebody Boat Douglas. Who would do something like that? If that ever happens in the future, I'm gonna just I'm gonna call you out yeah, on if, it. How about this? If Mikey ever calls Bo Boat, <laughs> yeah, just then we're gonna crack an egg on his if, head. If there's ever a guy <laughs> named yeah. if there's ever a guy named Bo that's on our podcast, if it ever happens, like that's ever gonna fucking happen. And you happen to call him Boat Douglas, and everybody <laughs> in the room hears it. 
We're going to crack an egg on your head. Yep. All right. Your hair's going to look so nice. <laughs> um, so I like as they're narrating, he goes, I don't know how long this match went on for. And then the, the clock, clock jumped like an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows for sure what happened that night. It felt like 30 years. Uh, two sick DDTs from Dirk. Yeah, two. that was his big like comeback. Like DDT, DDT. Yeah, like, he DDT him, picked him up. It was like, and then did it again. <laughs> yep, it was. Uh, so he just starts kicking the shit out of him, just doing everything he can. The clock jumps ahead and just picks back up to Terry Funk, dropping a Samoan drop on him. Uh-huh. Just like, this has been like an hour straight of Terry Funk just kicking the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And Terry Funk finally throws the fucking classic finish. The coup de grace. Oh, it's over. Spin toehold. <laughs> and the referee does what he always does. Counts the three. Yeah. Counted his fucking shoulders, shoulders to the mat. Which, you know, not the wrong thing to do. I mean, I mean technically. It, yeah. If, if you're in a figure at four, especially, shoulders. Especially if he's, uh, well, especially if he's not able to uh, kick out. Kick out. Or struggle. Or to struggle, say I submit. Or even to say I quit. So maybe he passed out from the pain. He passed out from the pain. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, stone cold one, desk. two, three. He Double turn. Terry Funk gets the win. Mm-hmm. From Marmar loses. I mean, Marmar the, takes the the girl that was chanted from Marmar in the beginning. Oh, it's Smart Mark. Uh, she changed her changed her changed her tune. Yep. And uh, she um, and then the celebrations going on, but the fight doctor comes in, notices that uh, Momar still hasn't gotten up. Uh oh. So, Mo he goes over, checks on him, said, "This man's dead." <gasps> He's, he's, he's been dead for 20 minutes. He's, he's been dead for at least 20 minutes. He's, he's ice, ice cold. cold. And uh, Such a hot match. Surprising he was ice cold. And you know, Terry Funk, even in his, even when he wins, he goes out a loser. Mm. But you know, it honestly wasn't his fault because that match end landed on Friday the 13th. What a swerve. Yep. Especially since I didn't know it was a Friday the 13th episode. Yep, that's why I didn't tell you guys that. Shocking. So, we are led to believe that Terry Funk, uh, uh, Turk, Dirk, Dirk, Dirk I, Benedict. Are you okay? <laughs> From the Marmite. That he was wrestling a dead man for about 20 minutes. Yes. Didn't realize it. Maybe Terry Funk was so worked up he didn't realize. Yeah, maybe, you know, his adrenaline's going when he didn't realize. How, but how does he not realize that his opponent isn't reacting to his punches or... or, or He's just anything. a shitty seller. <laughs> if you ever seen Hawk at SummerSlam 1992? Well, someday we will. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Because we don't know how long the match actually went for Jesse, either. see how long the match filled to you? <laughs> 45 years. Whoa. Because it was Friday the 13th and they were stuck in an infinite loop. Love it. So, do you guys think it was fact, fact or fiction? Fact. He says fact. Fact. I, I'm going to say fiction. Lumberjake knows the answer. Right. I'm the Jonathan for Jake's now. Jake's. <laughs> 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 nice. Fantastic. All right, Commander Riker, tell us what it is. Well, um, this match was fiction. Oh, yes. Swear. Damn it. They got you. I good thought Momar and Dirk were real. <laughs> so that was our uh, that was our first episode. It was fun. It was great. I would watch more fact or fiction. It's very, very good. Like, there's some things that are in there that are just kind of like urban legendy stuff. Let's start a petition and reboot it. 
Let's get I back. Am so behind this <laughs> idea. Bring back fact of fiction and mama's family. <laughs> wait, wait, what? what yeah, I had an amendment on that. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. So you know, I figured we just go for both. Yeah. All right. I'm in. Yeah. More mama's family. I'm down with that. Yeah, I love mama's family. We know you do. And beyond belief, fact or fiction. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So that segues into our uh, episode proper. Um, something that I've been waiting to do for a while, and um, just because I'm such a huge fan of the show, uh, Quantum Leap. Now I believe. JC, that I had come over to your place at, at one point, and you had Quantum Leap playing. I sure did. And I was like, man, Quantum Leap, is there a wrestling episode for Quantum Leap? And JC said, there sure is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Quantum mm-hmm. Leap starring the ever-handsome Scott Dracula. Uh, no, it's a bacula. That, who are you, me? <laughs> no, he's just doing Get a vampire right. joke. No, I, 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 I was I just being cute. He's just being a scamp. Yeah, he's being a scamp. Um, so yeah, again. When when you I do uh, remember vividly you coming over because you're helping me uh, move a bed, and uh, so in the position it's in now. That's right. Talk about the blind leading the blind. (laughs) Talk about the short leading the blind. Oh, Um, (laughs) they hurt both their feelings in one joke. (laughs) Sure did, (laughs) asshole. (laughs) Um, this Quantum Leap show on NBC. An hour-long drama by Donald P. Belisario. It sounds awfully like Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction. It is. <laughs> it's actually a stealth remake. Um, fact. <laughs> um, you were you came by. It was an early. It was season one episode. Um, Quantum Leap went for five years, five seasons. Now you were telling me earlier. Yes. That Quantum Leap started like more of a as much as a show about time travel, was more of a grounded show. Right. So Quantum Leap, um, essentially Dr. Sam Beckett in the wild and crazy future of like 1997 Whoa. is working on the Quantum Leap project in his theory of like basically like string theory able to travel in time within your own lifetime. So he couldn't travel back before Sam Beckett was born. So he couldn't travel back to like the the mid the middle ages. Correct. And he also couldn't travel into the future beyond where he leaped from. So he couldn't like leap into like 2005. Okay. So it's within his own lifetime and um basically what started as a very scientific mission is soon to be believed uh, to be the work of a higher power. Um, God. Wait. How how old is he? Because this, this one took place in like the 40s, 50s? This was, uh, so this episode was in um, July 23rd, 1955, um, as far in Sam's timeline. Um how old is Scott Bakula? So, oh, like in real life? Well, yeah, I, I can life. tell you that on... Like, How old is Scott Bakula? Uh, Scott Bakula is 63. Oh, oh thank you, British Siri. He thank was you. born in 1954, so this was right on the cusp. Well, what I was going to say okay. is that but Sam Beckett was born on August 8th, 1953. So he was born in 1953, which means... Scott Bakula, we got this great idea. You're an inventor who can go one year farther than you were actually born. Well, yeah, but he wouldn't start leaping when he was a baby. Why not? Wasn't happy? (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, God damn can it! We, can we go back to what you were? Yes, about the higher. We're going to lose Mikey. He is lying on your bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slippery slope. JC like dropped something, and we just went right over it. Like, what do you mean? Okay, so Sam Beckett, despite being a man of science, is also a religious man. He's a man of God. Is a he has faith, and as Quantum Leap and basically the Quantum Leap uh, accelerator shoving him into the past without like without really knowing where he was going and leaping into his first body, he he had Swiss cheese brain. He had partial amnesia from the incident okay. and he couldn't remember all the parts of his life. So that's when we're introduced to Al, his partner from the future that's now acting as a hologram that only Sam can see right. through his brain waves. Now, at this point, they have to try to figure out a way to get Sam back. They start to basically determine that Sam has to write a wrong in history to put it back what once went wrong and that could potentially bring him home. Oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> they start, as the season progresses, Sam truly believes that it's an act of God that's pushing him and leaping him to these different people. Because all these people need help. something better, yes. need help. And in that first season especially, um, leaping into a special needs kid, uh, leaping into an African-American male, like going through these social issues and things like that from his from history. What did the special needs kid need? He needed to um, basically show his brother that he could live life on his own, and so he helped get him a job on the docks. And but as soon as he leaps out of him, he's just a fucking he's just a special needs guy again. So about so in as this so when we're introduced, we're kind of thrown right into quantum leap. Yeah, we don't know about the history of the future. When Sam leaps into a body, the other person goes into Sam's body in the future. Oh shit! Whoa! 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 Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So, so when he's he becomes, you mentioned he becomes many different yes. people, he also can become female. Yes. Um, so these people... These women are jumping into a man's... Yeah. Body. There is an episode Against where Sam will. Where we know, can we make a reboot of the Hold people on, who jumped into Sam's body? I need to know what JC is about to. <laughs> Sam leaps into the body of a pregnant woman who is about to give birth, and he has the contractions, and he can feel it, and... All the people that are leaping into Sam's body, they're in the Quantum Leap facility, and they're in a what they call the waiting room. But this woman is in the future, in Sam's body, about to give birth. And so... Wait, what, what the fuck? So Sam's afraid that if he doesn't fix the wrong, that they're going to lose the baby because he can't birth something. It's all very... It's I am so confused on what, what? you mean. Wow. Did like his his body in the waiting room was also pregnant. Well, his body in the waiting room is Sam Beckett is Scott Bakula. But he's pregnant. Well, yeah. In his female body, he's in the female body that's pregnant. But why would his body then become pregnant in the other? Well, they're both feeling the same thing. They're both feeling the. There's no way for the baby to be born because. So when they see Sam. In the waiting room, is it Sam or is it the girl? They're looking at Scott Bakula. Okay, because in like he sees him. You look in the mirror, right. you see, yeah. So, man. So the the thing is, and what I always what quantum always drove physics, me man. what always drove me crazy about quantum this leap is, not is that physics. I always wanted to know more about the future, and they always teased that stuff, and they never really went full tilt. And when I say that. 
in the beginning of the series that he only went into these bodies and did small little things to make their lives better. He actively fucked up his own timeline multiple times. In the first season, he re- he reconnects with uh, the girl that got away, his ex-girlfriend, the love of his life. He changes her future, and they end up getting married in the future. He changes the timeline in the first season to where he was a single man when he first leaped. He went back in time, changed the future, and that means his future timeline, he got married. So his wife then was in the future watching him leap from body to body. And one of you guys mentioned that he must bang a lot. He was banging a lot. Yeah. So that was me, by the way. His, that was me. His oh. wife had to watch him fuck all over the timeline and just accept it. Was this addressed? In the third season, they were. So this was a first season episode. It was Terry Hatcher played Man. the character of the girlfriend. Uh-huh. And then Sam, uh, Al can't tell Sam all the things that happened in the future. He has to leave it vague. So in the third season, it finally comes out that. Sam was married and has been married because of the timeline change. And she's just like dealt with the fact that her husband like is laying pipe all throughout history. Yup. Yup. Um, Sam also changed the future for Al. Al was a Vietnam prisoner of war. He was a POW. And um, Sam actively changed the future to have him rescued. And that actually leads to the series finale of Quantum Leap, where Sam never leaps home. (gasps) Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like Gilligan's Island. So So season five was... So I kind of told you guys that as season three rolled on, as they got into season four, the ratings started to dip in Quantum Leap. So they had to make some amendments to the rules that they made. So they had some ground rules at first. Before... Before we get to that, he... We haven't even started talking about know, the wrestling part of this, this but this is... Yeah, I know. This blowing to me. my mind. So, so you say he never leaps home. Right. Does, is he in a continuous leap loop, or is he stuck in one place now? What if someone He's just letting walks God up and, leap him. What if someone just walks up and shoots his body in the waiting room? He would die. And just end everyone's hell? Yes. Um, so... As I mentioned that he was born in 1953, so he couldn't leap before that, right? So he couldn't stop Hitler. Right. Except in season four, where or season five, where he leaped into the 1800s, into the Civil War. Wait, what? Like I said, so ratings they, were down. Yeah, so they had, they, they had, to, they had to start was he like, going in different directions. Was he going to his great-grandfather? Was he... Oh. Oh. So they, they worked around the loop by saying that it was Sam's great great grandfather. Oh, for fuck's sake! The season premiere season five. The season premiere of season five. He leaped into Lee Harvey Oswald. All right. Did he? Did he? Wait. <laughs> did he, he not shoot Kennedy? No, he obviously didn't. He obviously fucked that up. He leaped before he could stop the assassination. Wait, but he leaps after he solves the problem. What was Lee Harvey Oswald's problem? He needed a gun. Season five. <laughs> There was, in season four and five, oh, there you go. an evil leaper. Ooh. So while he believed God was guiding him, there was an evil leaper that was being guided by the devil. Jeez, I, how is there, if he invented it as a scientist, how did someone else invent it and the devil did it? Yep. They should just put him on a fucking a place where they can just live together. Just put him in a leaper colony. <laughs> 
Uh, she was a hot little evil leaper too. Oh, it was a girl. Oh, yeah, va 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 voom. Okay. Um, and she like she had an evil Al and an evil Ziggy. Ziggy is the contraption. It's that... the AI. It's the uh, right. the short, bald, big nosed cartoon. Well, there. So okay. <laughs> so the <laughs> the series finale of you know ratings had just fucking sunk. They weren't sure if they were going to be renewed or not. The series finale, which was originally shot as the season finale, had um, S- Sam. We, uh, leaping into a body, and he enters this this bar. This bar is called Al's Place, and the bartender looks familiar, but not like he doesn't know who it is. And it's it's basically alluded to that the bartender is God, and all the people, all the patrons of the bar, are people from Sam's life over the last five seasons that he's leaped, leaped into. into. And he Was starts special ha- needs guy there. Yes. Yes. He starts having a conversation with the bartender and talking about him. And there's this other guy sitting at the bar named Ziggy, like the computer. And he's having this conversation and talking about what to do and what to do. And there was an earlier episode where Sam had the chance to to basically tell Al's ex-wife that Al was still alive. He was a POW in Vietnam. That everybody thought he was dead. His wife moved on and married somebody else Oof. and started a new life. So Al, just when he came back from Vietnam, he was a mess. He's had four ex-wives since then. He's just a fucking scamp. He's a perv. He's just going off doing his own thing. But his please don't, please don't rope scamps and pervs <laughs> together. <laughs> well, I call it like I see it. Um, but so. Like Al was kind of a, a just he was a fucking drunk he was so a like, fucking mess. It was like maybe he shouldn't have brought done that for Al because Al would be probably better off. If she had if he had told Al's wife he's still alive she would have waited for him and when he came back from Vietnam they could have continued with their marriage and things could have had a happy ending. So in the series finale, God bartender is basically alluding to the fact that maybe Sam has more power than he thought to leap where he wanted to leap. And maybe if he wanted to, he could leap home if he just thought about it and used his abilities to basically leap back. But at the last minute, instead, Sam decides to leap back to 1970-whatever. And tells Ziggy's wife that he's still tell alive. Tell Al's wife. wife he's still alive. Tells Al's wife he's still alive and to wait for him. And so, Al comes home. But because of that, the timeline has changed. Because Al would never helped him invent it. So now, Sam's lost in time. Fuck. From place to place. And so it goes to, you know, then the screen fades to black. It said, Dr. Sam Beckett never went home. What? Oh my the god. Fuck? That's That's the end of Quantum Leap. It's fucking amazing. It is one of the most frustrating finale like definitely. And that is the end. Yeah, that was it. That is definitely frustrating. Like the whole point the whole opening of the show and it explains everything is like he's just waiting for that next leap home. And, and they give him never the, fucking happens. But then they give him the idea that maybe he could force himself right. to leap. But so he makes that choice. Be like a happy, oh my! And f- since he makes that choice, that means he can't go. Now he can't choose. So now this was only supposed to be the season finale. This was not supposed to be the end of the show. There were rumors that had it gone to a sixth season, it could have been Al basically still having some kind of memories of the original timeline and then trying to find a way for him to leap to find Sam. So, like, without Al, 
and he's and and he is still leaping. Who's now got his body, and where is the body if Al's never been there for the waiting room? We don't know because they never got to they never got to continue the story to explain any of that. So we I watched think... a, we watched a wrestling episode of this. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, we should, yeah, we should probably get into that, huh? Yeah. So that's the primer on Quantum Leap. Now that, now that we know. Up. And you know that it does not have a happy ending. Holy and shit. they've been trying to reboot Quantum Leap now. This went off the air in 93. It sounds like they should. Like, it would be perfect. No, fuck that. I, I want them, if they reboot it, with finish the fucking style. Well, Dean Stockwell is getting a little up there in age. That's he might a not. made up name. <laughs> Al. Oh. Al. Al. <laughs> What pig? <laughs> you miss me, Al? With every yeah, shot so far. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, let's uh, <laughs> we'll bump back over here into uh, uh, July twenty third, nineteen ninety five. Uh, the title of the season Wait, three. It was ninety five. Nineteen fifty five. Oh no, 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 I'm saying what? What year was Quantum Leap? Like when the series was on? Yeah, eighty nine to ninety three. And they were like, "Yep, ninety seven's the future." Yes. Okay. You know, people don't. People weren't sure what the world was going to be. But it was literally like 10, 12 years. Uh huh. Mm. It's not that far in the head. It's kind of like when Back to the Future did twenty fifteen, and all the See, crazy. That's, like that's far enough from where they were. Where it's like, okay, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Anything with twenty makes it sound like ooh, future. Yeah. It's true. But I feel like they didn't want to go too far in case a lot of things changed, so they didn't want it to be outdated. so different and outdated. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. All right. I get it. I don't know. They never showed the future of Quantum Leap enough to question too much about it. And it could have been like the, the supercomputer Ziggy and the weird outfits Al would wear. Like maybe it was just, maybe Al was eccentric. Yeah. And like, so I feel like they, they saved themselves a little bit. Yeah, he just dressed like Paul Lind. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so this was season three, episode 20, original air date, May 8th, 1991. Uh, Heart, of the Cha- Heart of Champion, which has a double meaning, really. Oh, I get it. <laughs> um, this was Atlanta, Georgia. Wrestling, studio wrestling on the big TV. Wrestlerama. Wrestlerama, that's right. Um, so, just, it's, he he leaps into these scenarios without any... He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't right. know what's going on. He's just thrown into these scenarios, and almost always there's something horrible happening. My favorite leap was when he leaped into a man in the electric chair about what? to have the lever pulled. The oh, fuck? boy! <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> nailed it! Nailed it, because that's his catchphrase within the pilot episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> So when uh, when he leaps, he's just thrust. He's in a wrestling he match. Thrusts he's, it all right. He's, he's on the he's on the apron yep. in a tag team match specifically, <laughs> and he is a Russian wrestler. Mm-hmm. Ruskies teaming with his brother, and taking on the masked executioners. Yeah, uh, who were that? Was anybody in there? Yeah, the Alaskan Jay York. Oh, oh yeah, three way theater all star in his own right. We really got to keep track of this. Yeah, you got to get on that. Get on that stats. So. uh... <laughs> Scott Bakula gets tagged in. He uh, is getting about to get thrown around. He got put into a uh, like a. a th- it was like an atomic drop, and he just threw him over, and he landed on his feet, but still sold it. Yeah, it looked like he was gonna reverse out of the out of the back suplex or atomic no. drop. No, he just kind of crumbled. 
And his oh boy came when being put into the airplane spin. <laughs> the slowest, slowest airplane, airplane spin. spin. Well, we thought it was slow until we realized how long the match actually went for. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so after the intro, we cut back, and he's still in the airplane spin. Mm-hmm. He's getting... He dropped out and hit a trouble in paradise kick, <laughs> which was impressive. <laughs> it sure was, especially for 1991. Yeah, well, or 1955. That's right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and uh, he kicks him in the face, and Jay York goes, What'd you do that for? And falls over. Well, I mean, not so. He's very athletic. And I mentioned this because I, I was telling Jake that Sam Beckett, you know, as played by Scott Bakula, was the coolest guy in the room. He could basically do everything. Um, so even though he's in somebody else's body, he can still. Yes. He's like a cool M. Harry Smiley. So let me give you a Ooh. quick uh, rundown of what Sam Beckett can do. He has a photo- he has a photographic memory. He can remember everything. He has an IQ of two sixty seven. He can cook. He likes dry or light beer, and microwave popcorn. Sam also knows several kinds of martial arts such as judo, karate, muay thai, and taekwondo. Does he speak different languages? I'll get there. And he has been afraid of heights since he was nine years old. Sam also plays the piano and guitar. He's a good dancer, sings baritone, and his favorite song is John Lennon's Imagine. Sam speaks seven modern languages, including English, Spanish, French, Russian, German, and Japanese. Not Italian or Hebrew, and that comes up in a couple episodes. He knows four dead languages, including Egyptian hieroglyphics. And he has won a Nobel Prize in an unspecified field. But probably for physics, you know. (laughs) For this, Time Magazine called him the next Einstein. Oh! So really... Did Scott Peculet write his own character? (laughs) Yup. So really, he's the perfect guy to leap, right? Like, he's he's the perfect leaper. They definitely did, did their... Diligence when it comes to that, like, Although, oh, he's gonna this. know this, he's gonna know that. Why didn't that kayfabe breaking fuck just speak some fucking Russian when he was a Russian fucking character? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a great point. Yeah, he's in a fucking bar going, "Hey, boys, we're we're characters." <laughs> it's 1955, and wrestling is fake. We're yes. from Alabama. Arkansas. Yeah, we're going to be killed by the promoter for saying all of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, although they do, like, those couple things you mentioned, like, afraid of heights, that comes into play for very specific episodes, like when he's a trapeze artist. Uh, and then he's like, oh, boy. <laughs> exactly. You get it. He, he leaps into a body. He's hanging from a trapeze. Oh, boy. Sam, to credits. So, Sam is so goddamn smart, but he is shocked to learn that wrestling has worked. <laughs> Wait. Oh, it's scripted. Oh. Oh, oh. oh boy. Einstein's like, no, wrestling is real. (laughs) I'm assuming that's what he sounded like. That's a perfect Einstein impression. Rudy, Rudy, are you Einstein? (laughs) Is that good? Yup. Hey, I'm Einstein. That's the one. (laughs) Just kidding, it is me, Einstein. Oh, damn. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, just, you know... Learning like learning things the hard way, finding out that wrestling is every, wrestling is a work except for the title matches. Right then, it's every man for himself. You gotta love in all the different TV shows and movies we reviewed where they decide to draw the line over like what's a work, what's fake. Yeah, right? and like they just you know I respect it. Like they're like it's a, it's it's fake except for this. That's what I love about wrestling. It's like magic where people. Yeah, I know it's not real, but I don't know how it's not real. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's got to be something to it. 
Like, and, and nobody knows exactly what. Like, oh, the there's only one explanation for this. Magic's real. <laughs> That's the only explanation. You know, a few years ago, I was um, bumping around YouTube, and I saw this America's Got Talent magician, and uh, it was it was a pretty good thing. And then I uh, was scrolling through the comments, and uh, one of the comments was, "Well, it's official. Magic's real." <laughs> and that comment was from Mike Pava. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. The only thing better than that would be to read Mike Pava's Twitter timeline oh, and get all right his now? hilarious tweets. Nope. You want me to read this right now? <laughs> well, we have an entire episode of Quantum Leap to go through. All right. So we're introduced to Terry Funk, a.k.a. Shiloh. Yes. And his tag team partner that we never see until the end of the episode. Yeah, they're, the, they're the Shiloh brothers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's What was his first name? Like, um, Oh, uh, fuck. It was something with a C, I think. Yeah, C guy. C Shiloh. C Shiloh. Yes. C Shiloh run. C Shiloh run. Shiloh run. <laughs> um, but we're introduced to him and his sexy, sexy wife. Yes. She looked like um, Miss Scarlet from Clue. Ooh, yes, she did. Okay. You know? Yeah. She could get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I loved Clue, by the way. What a great movie. I want to. I want to do a wrestling version of Clue, like a murder mystery of <gasps> Clue. Yes, please. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And now, now that you just said it, somebody's going to take the no, idea. No, cop- copyright in. Copyright in. Theater theater. Copyright in Lumberjake. No one listens to this podcast. No one's going to steal this idea. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Um, also, because we're in an hour-long drama, you have to immediately establish those stakes. So while uh, Mama... Uh, oh, Mama's there congratulating her sons, the Ruskies. Uh, Ronnie Ribs, uh, his brother, immediately... Uh, almost has a heart, like passes out, like he starts shaking yeah. and almost falls over. Yeah, always a good thing. Well, like you need to establish. All right, this is the problem. Okay, I gotta save him, right? I gotta figure out what to do. Yeah, no, it was it was so fucking it was so ham handed where it was. Just, I was like, yeah, he dies in his next match. Well, also yeah, just it. the tragedy of this family. Not like since the the Hart family would be like really <laughs> on Eric. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But uh, basically, the father died while wrestling. Or not while wrestling, but he was a wrestler who died and never made it to the big show. And then their brother their died. Their older brother died in a car accident, yeah. which is not funny for three-way theater. <laughs> car accident. Car accident. And then the mother, stricken with grief, pushed her other sons to continue on the path to the championship. No matter what the cost. No matter the cost. No matter how hard you try, you, you can't, can't stop us now. Oh, wait, wrong show. Oh, I was guilty of charge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, it just, like, it's, it's like, what a tragedy. Like, this family has suffered so much. And it's going to happen again because this guy's got a heart defect that's going to take him out in the match. A congenital heart defect falls Tatum moments before the fight. <laughs> um, like,. I don't know. It's just it, like, yeah, it's 
is this like a is this for the norm of the show like where it's yeah. every everything is just the worst for everyone well i mean yeah and you got to put it right but it's also that mystery part like that's why when al shows up and he's like what's going on here and he's like i don't know you tell me al you're the asshole from the future you got a supercomputer in your hand know, you can talk to the person that's at the fucking waiting room go hey where is he <laughs> that and that becomes plot points later on in the series but like really? i would I would basically, you know, what am I here to do? Who am I here to save? Right. Uh, clearly, all right, great. I got us a championship match. We're going to win the titles. I should leap right now. Like, nope, uh, your brother's going to die in the oh. ring. Oh. Like, fuck. And, and you got to do anything you can to stop it. So then, like, you got to get out of that championship match. That creates the conflict for so, the rest of the episode. Wait, but spoiler alert. The end of the episode, he doesn't leap at the end of the match. He leaps when he kicks that girl in the ass. So that was his whole purpose the whole fucking time? No. The purpose was to save his brother. Why was it to kick her in the ass? Well, I think if we're to take it as God playing a hand in some of the shenanigans that Sam Beckett's going through, gets a little karmic payback against the bitch to try to murder him for the entire episode. Well, murder and bang. I think her plan was to set up the bang right. for, the for the murder. Yeah, yeah, Al did say that. I mean, because Shiloh, Terry Funk, once again, just killing it, just playing this unhinged lunatic. So good. And they're in a real weird, like, sexual relationship where him and his wife, they go from town to town yep. and set it up where the wife seduces the young guy. And then Terry Funk catches them. And, and he breaks his neck from neck, breaking necks all across the country. Yeah. Like, holy shit, that's kind of dark, right? So they're like kind of like a... a he's, a he's a he's a cuck. <laughs> he is a cuck. He's the first mo- like modern-day 1955 cuck there. Yeah, but it's like a, a weird cuck that later kills the bull. <laughs> he's a bullfighter. Yeah, too many cucks. Too many cucks. Too many cucks. Um, I do like about Quantum Leap and what they do is that they do try to establish the time. Like, it looked like 1955. They do a good yeah. job of setting up, like, each locale and, like, timeline and, mm-hmm. like, a- you know, accurate wardrobes and things like that. Now, when was the joke when Sam Beckett was trying to get, like, the doctor to check on his heart? Was it that he was saying all this stuff that didn't that wasn't invented in the 50s? Right. And give a part me, of... Give me a CAT scan and MRI. A CAT scan? <laughs> What about a dog skin next? Puts a cat into his hand. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said cat hand. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like that's part. That's a, that is a problem that Sam has throughout the series, where he kind of, you know, also he like leaps into the body of like a farmer, and he's doing like open heart surgery on somebody that's not like he does these. Why situations. is the farmer doing open heart surgery? Exactly, and it creates that kind of creates its own drama. But then it usually just involves Sam making out with somebody to like set it right. And his wife just <laughs> sitting at home watching it happen. Yeah, she's like, "God damn it, Sam! You don't even need to laying pipe all across." He <laughs> seriously did. That'd be a T-shirt laying I, pipe all across history. <laughs> Um, and I like them establishing the family dynamic. You know, Ronnie Ribs is just kind of the good old boy. <laughs> what the hell? What? <laughs> Did your tooth just fall out of your mouth? No. Oh. I hit it with a microphone. Oh, no. <laughs> if that ever happens in the future, I'm going to crack an egg over your head. Oh, no. Oh, cheeky poo. <laughs> um, uh, I do like that uh, when we meet the wife, we meet the wife and the young son of uh, the brother, 
and the wife is like, never goes to a wrestling show. Typical wife. Doesn't want to be there, doesn't want to be at the shows. Like, listen, if I want to see violence, I'll watch the news. Ooh, what a yo. topical burn. Yeah, what was happening in 55? Uh, probably some shit. Cold War? Cold, uh, was it cold? Um, a little chilly. Know. Depending on the time was of year. Was it cold War in the 60s? I actually don't know. Man, we shouldn't talk about history because I'm going to say some things that are just going to be Korea? Korea wrong. Korea was in the know. 50s, maybe? I, I mean, Korea, I think, is even just now. say yes and yes. move on. Yeah. No, absolutely, yeah, Jake. Civil War, 1955. <laughs> yep, exactly. Right. Nailed it. Yeah. WW2, WW3, <laughs> George W. WW2. Uh, do you think Kofi Kingston watched this episode and was like, Trouble in Paradise? Check. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a huge nerd, I'm assuming, because he's part of the New Day. They seem pretty <laughs> nerdy. <laughs> yeah, we should uh, tweet Kofi and see what he says. We will, absolutely. I, I know what he's going to say. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jake, that's like all the people we tweet to on 3 exactly. I'm like a fucking clairvoyant. Especially those multiple tweets to Lake Bell. Yeah, I can be, I've been blocked, and I had to make a new one and block to make a new one. <laughs> Um, wrestlers move around like the military. Agree or disagree? Totally agree, especially in that time. Okay. I Mike? agree. Yep. yep, all right. Fact or fiction? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, like, military families, they were, like, moving a lot, and wrestling families, it was the same thing. You could, you could get, you could get work in a territory, and if you just don't catch on, you'll be gone in a month, you know? I like that the brother was honest with his son, like, his son knows it's a work. Right. Obviously, he knows his dad's not Russian. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I like how he's just like, there's gonna be good guys and bad guys, right, kid? Right, Which Dad. I just happen to be the bad guys right now. I did think that that was going to set up a redemption story for the character later on. Not you, redemption. Oh. Uh, but, like, I, I thought that was going to lead to, like, the villain becoming the hero in the match. And, like, that was going to, like, stop him from like having... Like a mad bull? Exactly. Nope. That's not what happened. Well, I mean... And I... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's anticlimactic, but, like, the fact that Sam ends up just wrestling the entire match himself, like, that seems like a given, but I thought there was going to be more drama to it. Yeah, because Terry Funk also wrestled the whole match by himself. <laughs> right. That's a fact. <laughs> and it was just a fucking singles match. Yeah. <laughs> it it should have been. Be. It should have been. Yeah. I feel like they, they set up the idea of the tag match, but then the producers or the writers, like, they just did not know how it was going to work. They're like, let's just, can we just have the two guys in there wrestle the entire thing? Yeah. And Funker's like, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. Terry Funk. Your mother's a whore. And there she is at ringside. Oh, she is. It was very beyond wrestling show, all the fans at ringside. Yeah, a bunch of wrestlers just at ringside, just like it was surrounding the ring for the match. You still got it. By the way, their manager was also their mother. Yes. Who never told her son that he had rheumatic fever. And it caused his heart to be very weak, and she was told that it could be complications. Yes. But but let him fucking wrestle anyway. Gotta get that championship, bro. And she was like, how how did you know that? I never told you. And he, Scott Bakula being the smart thinking man, goes, Frankie told me. He blames his dead brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he can't rat him out. Yeah, right? Yeah, well, she's like, well, you weren't even, like, he wasn't even born yet when he had the rheumatic fever. Shh. That's what she's. That's she's just like covering up his lips. Um, well, little did you guys know that uh, Granny's maiden name was Smilak. <gasps> I knew it. Yep. There is a lot of Scott Bakula in and Harry Smilak. Okay, I can see that. 
Who played M. Harry's Dirk, Dirk Benedict. Benedict. He's only eight. Those guys from the 80s, you know, they all had the same, like, chest hairs popping out. Like, that's like, yeah, that's right. I look 40. I'm the hottest guy in the room. But that was the thing, right? That, yes. that was really the 80s thing. Until and Schwarzenegger. girls were like, yeah, that's right. I look 45. Hottest thing going. <laughs> Either you were like Schwarzenegger and you were like a monster, or you were like that weird, like, late 30s, early 40s, quaffed hair. Like dad bod, dad bod, chest hair. Why are you guys looking at me when you say all this? Well, I don't know. I'm just, I just wanted to look at you. Your not... hair is so quaffed. Yeah, and your chest hair is so popping. It is yeah. popping. Yeah. If you started wearing more button ups and just stopped buttoning like the four buttons up, like yeah, oh yeah, no, I definitely go low. I, go I, low. Yeah, I go low. Yeah. I I I think you pull it off. I'm like three buttons deep. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they call you three button deep. That's true. They've always called. Yeah. Them. Either that or stats. One or the other. Um. This. Yeah. I just felt like this finale. This match. Just. It didn't have. Maybe it was just the. You know. Funk's such good at choreography. I feel like they probably could have done more. Yeah. Maybe just it wasn't in the budget. Yeah. But he gets tossed out of the ring. Takes a fucking digger. Because Scott Bakula did all his own stunts in this episode. Good for fucking... He got pile-driven. Scott Bakula got a pile-driver. I, I don't think the one being thrown over the top rope was... That was him. No fucking way. Yeah. That was him. I, that was the... Not since Candace Cameron Bure. Right. Whatever. Well, I mean, the, the reason why fucking... Sam wrestles the whole match by himself is because if he ta- were to tag his brother in, he'd 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 that's why he <laughs> the tag will act oh, my heart. Yeah, so that's why he does wrestle the whole match by himself. Yes, um, his brother's none too happy about this. No, he's like, You could have been killed, so could you have. <laughs> yeah, because Al tells Sam right before he goes out for the match that there is a 73% chance that and Sam will be killed by Shiloh, yes. by Funker. Funker. Yeah, so, like, now it's a crisis of conscience, well, if I don't tag my brother in, but they didn't really play that up. Never. Like, the brother's never like, tag me, tag me. Sam was willing to kill this guy that was innocently leaped into just to protect his brother. I respect that. (laughs) He then leaps into the brother. It's like, you must tag him or your brother's going to be killed. (laughs) Now that's an episode. (laughs) He's leaping back and forth from guy to guy. No, don't tag him, your brother will be killed. Tag him, your brother's going to be killed. That's amazing. He takes a fucking digger over the top rope. What'd you call him? <laughs> uh-huh. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> yep. And, uh, like, he sits there and he starts having a conversation with Al, who's the hologram that only he can see, while the camera is close He's, like, up. pulling it on him. <laughs> like, so, like, the viewers at home are watching a crazy person talk to, talk himself. to himself. Yeah. And he's supposed to be Russian. He's talking in plain as day English. He can speak Russian, that son of a bitch. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. Although if he was speaking Russian, he would probably be killed. That's true. But that's what, that would have been a successful pro wrestler in the 50s. Yes, totally agree. So I'm, I'm kind of spacing out on what the finish was. Because you're laying down on my bed very comfortable. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'm Jeff Goldblooming it you right really now. You really are Jeff Goldblooming it right now. He looks like Mrs. Robinson. Uh, there are going to be graduate. some wrestlers on this wrestling tour out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wrestling uh, finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> He's so sexy right now. Seductive Mike Pava. Sexy, sexy Mike Pava. 
Um, so you're spacing out what happens. Well, he uses the video camera to climb himself back up again, and he goes, i got to put him to sleep. Because oh, earlier in the right. episode, his brother yep. said, hey, since you can't do your little right. fancy kick anymore, we should learn some holds, like a sleeper hold. A sleeper hold? Yeah, you cut off the blood to the brain, and it puts him to sleep. Yeah, the fans really dig it. It's the hottest thing going. The fucking Nobel Prize winning physicist couldn't figure that so out. Like, he, he has this awesome spin kick, and they're like, all right. Never do that again. Never do it again. That's the 50s, brother. The sleeper. Totally fine. That's the hot finish. And no one had ever seen a sleeper before either. So yep. actually, in this timeline, so Sam actually made re- started the flippy shit in the yep, 50s. Sure did. And which is what continued uh, into uh, you know, what we know today. Star, I was like, oh, I can do that. There mm-hmm. you go. There you go. That you now you know. So he puts the funker to sleep. Puts the funker to sleep. Funker does a great sell of it. Perfect great sell. sell. And knocks him out. They immediately win the tag team championship of the world of yes, Atlanta. Despite only two people wrestling. Uh huh. And uh, that's when they head to the back, and that's when the brothers have their exchange. And, and then uh, the brothers all pissed, and then Sam Beckett goes, "Hey, don't make me put you to sleep." Yeah. And they do their awesome handshake. Oh, oh holy shit, shit, the handshake. So think of Doink and Doink at WrestleMania 9 putting their hands up. Yeah, like the mirror. Like the Marshall Mark spot from yeah. Lucy. And they clasp their fingers together. Like they're going to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, or like they're two old people who are very excited and maybe won $20 <laughs> yes. at Bingo. Jumping up and they, that was their handshake. It was amazing. And they did it twice. <laughs> they sure they did. did it in the locker room and then out in the ring. Yeah, secret handshake. <laughs> secret handshake? Secret handshake. Yeah. Secret handshake. We have the tag team titles. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Funker gets brought in by his anonymous brother. All knocked out. And his wife is like, looks at fucking Sam. She's like, it's all your fault. Yeah, you did this. He wish he caught you in the trailer and ripped you limb from limb. Should she have been arrested at that point? Like for attempted manslaughter, like yeah. she just admitted, no. she just admitted she tried to get her husband. Who? Everybody. Her brother. Her brother-in-law. Because her brother goes, "I'm also a cop." That didn't happen. <laughs> get on the ground, <laughs> Officer Sipowitz, and then he pulls down his pants and shows his ass. <laughs> Stop showing your ass. Um, and that's when she's bending over to look at Funker to help him wake and then up. Like look up her dress. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. She was a fox. And should I? No. And then I like how uh, Al's like, ah, I would, but I can't. I'd just go right through her. But I'd love the tries. <laughs> it's just a hologram. Al was the biggest perv on that show. And then he, there goes Sam, just picks up his foot. He's about to boot her in the ass. I thought he was going to spank her. Me too. I also thought I thought he was going to big old smack in the ass. Yeah, I thought that's what he was going for. But I guess that's too, like, PG-13. Yeah. So, so it was he was a boot just to the ass. Give her a boot in the ass. And was he just going to, like, shove her over? Or was he actually going to, like, kick It looked her? like it was going in there. <laughs> you think he was, like, kicking her with the flat of his yes. foot on her ass? Or, like, a fucking it, pointed toe to the like fucking it was cut? Butthole. To me, it looked like pointed toe up the butthole. So this would cause her to fall forward onto Terry Funk. Yes. She'd and go up like a punted ball and come down on top of him. Okay. And then, but she would collide into him, and we got a million dollar baby situation where Funker would go over and his oh, head hits a stool. So yeah. when he leaps again, yes, the body that he was in, the guy in the waiting room, automatically goes back to 
that yes. time period. And now he has to deal Does with... he know what's going on in this whole? That's a great question. It's something like, well, I, sitting uh, in the waiting room. Never really he, just, he just jumps back. <laughs> and, like, a TV watching like, what's happening. Going on a quantum leap. <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. I do not think that they have that knowledge. So when they leap back, he's now he's tag team champion and has kicked a woman in the ass. Yeah. Yes. And there are multiple situations where like Sam has to reunite a lost love or get back together with somebody. And when you leap back, you're like, what wait, I'm, did you come like, from? You're back? Yeah. You didn't... Like, there, like, there was an episode where Sam plays a, a military guy returning from war, and he's married a Vietnamese woman that he met over there. And he brings her back to his small yokel town and has to deal with the racism of having this, this bride from a foreign culture. And, like, it's driving the family apart. And this kid can't be any more older than like 20, 21 years old. When he loops back into the situation, he's married. They get married. And it's like, how do you explain this? What happened to him? True. I don't know. It just, there are so many unanswered questions to Quantum Leap that, and I think that's probably why the series always like made me come back. Mm. So I'm like, maybe they'll answer something or maybe they'll connect something. And it's like man, the show lost. Man, which episode are we doing next of Quantum Leap? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, guys. This is a stealth prequel. This is our Quantum Leap podcast. Oh, yeah. We call it. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Coming soon <laughs> on the Three Way Theater Podcast Network. Nailed it. Um,. So, uh, if you would like to watch Quantum Leap, all five seasons are available on Hulu. Check them out if you're interested. I love Quantum Leap, and I would encourage everybody to, like... Well, since we told the entire fucking... Oh, yeah, story. Story. I, watch it anymore. Yeah. I think that's okay, though. I think because, like, there's so many layers to the show. Like, we literally spent a good 10, 15, 20 minutes yeah. talking about you were, Quantum You were so excited about it. You were so yeah. into it. Definitely. Well, what did you learn? Oh, oh, uh, shit. See, it doesn't feel so good when you fucking no, throw it see, on. Usually that's like the, the usually that, that's like the thing that I write down is yeah. my, oh, what did I learn? And I completely spaced out on it. Terry Funk did not wrestle a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> we found out that was fiction. Uh, I've learned that, uh, extreme tag is a thing. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that was just kind of on our own time, though. Yeah, that was definitely before that's, we started recording. Do you guys know that there's a professional tag league out there? And they have, like, a parkour setup, and you have to tag the person? It's fucking cool as shit. It, it did actually look really cool. Um, so is that that's what you learned, huh? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, I learned that uh, Dr. Sam Beckett never made it home. Oh, <laughs> so sad. R.I.P. Who can say where the leap goes? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so stuck in time. Oh, that's beautiful. It really was. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this episode of Three Way Theater. Yeah. You can uh, go back and listen to all of our episodes on ThreeWayTheater.com, uh, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn. Um, all, all over the place. All of our favorite podcasts. Oh, actually, also Google Podcasts are now a thing. I don't know if you guys do. You have, oh, do you have an Android, good, Mikey? Uh, I do. So you can now use Google, and it creates its own kind of like its own version of iTunes. All right. Google Podcasts. And we're going to be on there, too. Cool. Yeah. So if you have an Android phone, and you don't want to maybe like download like the Podbean app separately, or if you don't, don't want to go to... <laughs> If you don't want to go to threewaytheater.com and have to download directly that way, oh, here you can Spotify. actually um, basically Google like aggregates all the information from the different like RSS feeds and things like that. Hmm. So it just brings Three Way Theater right you to are your Google Podcast. Mumbo jumbo to me right now. 
It's cool. It's all it's right. It's pretty cool. And no, you cannot find us on Spotify. Or <laughs> you cannot. Spotify said hard pass. They were like, no deal. Do we, we do, do podcasts on there? Yeah, but they have to. They choose who goes yeah. on. You have to. Can we submit them? No, like, they, we can. They, we can. Oh, can we? Yeah. Let's do it. We want to get our rejection letter. I can read our first three-way theater rejection letter. Rejection letter is like. Half as good as an acceptance letter. <laughs> just have it framed on our walls. Just one level down. Yeah, right. Yeah. From an acceptance letter. Um, uh, I what's what, what? We got big episode thirty coming up. Big episode thirty. Our very first watch along. That's watch right. Along. So uh, normally, what we do is we will watch the movie together. Mm-hmm. And By together, like the three of us. The three of us. Yeah. Me, Lumberjake, and JC, and we watch it. Together and, and then Chad. we take notes and, and we record after the fact. Yes, this is something I feel like everybody's seen beyond the mat. Uh, what are we really gonna bring to light that hasn't already been said? Let's just sit back watch it and we're gonna watch it. Well, and we'd like you to watch it with us too. If there's one thing I'll say, uh, because I I, I kind of love how we do what we do. I enjoy watching it together. I love going mm-hmm. back and kind of reminiscing about the episode and things like that. But I will also say that while we were watching a movie live, there are a couple of things that we say that genuinely crack me up, and it does, you know, gems. we just and it gets lost in translation, or we don't talk about it when we're on the air. Mm. So there are certain things that, like, I think a watch along will really catch you in the moment and get you into it and have maybe some interesting insight. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. so that's going to be episode 30. That's coming very, very soon because, uh, as we mentioned last time in Muggsy's Girls, we are into our uh, two-year anniversary of Three-Way Theater. Man. Entering year three. Um, we still have so much more to go. We have so many movies. The Peacock Anniversary, as they call it. <laughs> yep. Um, we have uh, Glow's coming back soon, oh, so we're gonna yeah. have a new another two parter coming soon, Mikey. Two parter. Um, we know, you know, stuff like the Page movie that's coming now, but moved to next year. Pushback, but that's okay. Um, Thank Christ. But, but like, I don't know, you know, you guys heard about Ric Flair producing a movie that's coming out next year too. There's so many things in the pipeline. We know that interview I did earlier this year with Tony Lee with the movie he's working on in the ring um, it's just like movies and wrestling are just they're back at the forefront they're yeah, right there Christopher Lee <laughs> yep Lord of the Rings yep awesome like Dracula <laughs> I'm like how Scott does Dracula, Scott Dracula. <laughs> Um, I just like you know as we head into year three, there's just a lot of cool things, a lot more. We got more best in show in the pipeline. Yep. Yep. Um, maybe we'll throw some more minisodes at you. Maybe. 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 Maybe some interviews with some people you never yeah, know. Never interviews know. with the Bacula. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so just thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us, and you know hopefully we'll have more to come. Like you know a lot more to come. Oh, we will. Oh yeah. We maybe will. probably. I right? quit. Well, oh. <laughs> Well, I'm Mike Pava. I'm Lumberjig. He's stats. That was JC. He's stats. He's the Rascal King, and I'm flying under the radar, JC. And this has been Three Way Theater. (laughs) Do it again. Stats. Theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. woke to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own, and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Al, 
an observer from his own time, who appears in the form of a hologram that only Sam can see and hear. And so Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home.